Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Big Sunday. Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson producing the operation. Switching things up a little bit because uh, we're going to have Vernon about 1130, but J.J. Uh, Pakula, the new uh, Royals general manager, should be speaking about that time. The Royals and Mariners today at 305. You can hear that game right here on 610 Sports Radio. So joining us now, our Royals insider, who's going to be really busy coming up shortly. What's up, Vern? What's happening, buddy? How are you? Pre-game, post-game, you never know it. Uh, you ready to get back? You've been in Arizona since, what, 1979? I think I've been in Arizona longer than Tom Brady's retirement. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm more than more than ready to get back. Yeah, the, the weather's nice, but uh, uh, you know, every, you miss your bed. Everybody understands that. Yeah, we miss baseball. We miss baseball in Kansas City. The excitement for Bobby Witt Jr., uh, who made the roster this year. Of course, that's what everybody thought, but it's now true. Well, not not official from the team just yet. Uh, but just John Heyman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he's not even really reporting it. Um, he didn't cite a source or anything. Uh, look, if if John Heyman's uh, vague tweet uh, excites the Royals fan base, uh, let it. Um, but if you were unsure that Bobby Wood Jr. was going to make the team uh, yesterday, I don't, I don't know if you, you know, people just haven't been paying attention or haven't been listening to 610 because there's been no question about Bobby Wood Jr. as the opening day third baseman since, uh, the lockout was lifted. It's been pretty obvious. Some of these numbers and, you know, how much excitement should we get? It's the Cactus League and, and things happen. But you take the whole minor leagues, Cactus and Grapefruit. The Royals have, they're the only team hitting over 300 in all of baseball. They lead uh, baseball in RBI, OPS, slugging percentage. Uh, in the pitching staff, you know, not, not as good as what the hitters have been doing. But how much comfort should we take in seeing some of these numbers from this offense? Uh, man, I hate to do this on a Sunday morning, but Bank, my answer is absolutely zero. Take nothing okay. from it, to be quite okay. honest with you. Because, I mean, you and I, man, we, we could go back and forth on every single one of these hitters, and maybe outside of Salvi, <clears throat> yeah, maybe I, I think Salvi's the only given. Salvi's the only member of this lineup where you feel fairly certain what you're going to get. Um, you could say Whit Merrifield, but. And I, I think this team needs a bounce-back season from Witt. I know he had 40 bags and 40 doubles, but that's 7-11 OPS. 
from the leadoff position. I'm going to need that to uh, in, in, improve somewhat. Uh, can Nicky Lopez duplicate his breakout season of a year ago? Can you know, Bobby Witt Jr., you feel like you know what you're going to get from the likely number two hitter in the opening day lineup, but the kid's has absolutely no dirt on his spikes at the big league level. So that's a big question mark. You know, Binky, you were the first person I ever heard say this. You know, it comes down to question marks and exclamation points. Salvi's the only one that's an exclamation point. Dozier, Mondesi, Benatendi, Santana, Taylor, Lopez, Merrifield, Bobby Witt. Those guys are all question marks in my opinion. Is Witt Witt Jr. going to bet second? Is that... uh pretty much what's going to happen at least early on or was he going to have to be yeah. moved up okay yeah i think the lineup that you're seeing today and that you've seen of late that's the same lineup we'll have on thursday leading off with merrifield followed by bobby witt into salvi benny carlos santana hunter dozier adalberto mondesi michael a taylor and nicky lopez serving as the second leadoff hitter from the nine spot what's the uh what's the uh prognosis on adalberto mondesi we know the kind of talent he has, just just about as much talent as anybody in the game of baseball, health being the biggest question. How are they going to be working, Mondi? Days off from time to time? Like, what's going to be the plan with him? Yeah, I just got done talking with uh, Mike Matheny about Adalberto Mondesi. It's just been strange, this camp, where, you know, his name is not on the tip of every reporter's tongue like it has been, dating back to 2016, right? After the guy makes his big league debut in the World Series, you think, all right, here comes the breakout. And we saw a flash in 2019, of course. uh, But, yeah, Mondi has really started to just blend in the background when it comes to this team. Bobby Witt Jr. and Zach Granke really move into the forefront as far as how they'll use him this season. Um, I mean, ideally, he's your everyday shortstop, but they're going to uh, you know, listen to his body, and you know, they, they have all these uh, newfangled uh, ways of um, you know, testing the heart rate and how many times he throws and how uh, how vigorous his workout is and, and how hard he's going down the first baseline. I mean, ideally, they want him out there 145, 150 games this season, um, but that's ideal. You know, uh, nothing about Mondesi's career really has been ideal. If I had to put a over-under on how many games he plays, I'd put it at uh, 100, and I, I would hope for the over. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. What about in center field? Because one of the questions is with Kyle Isbell and Michael A. Taylor. Um, is this cut and dry as Isbell maybe pushing Taylor a bit? Um, I think Michael A. Taylor is a lot like, nah, uh, I was going to say a lot like Hunter Dozier and his contract. Uh, you're going to give him every opportunity before you start platooning him at the DH position. You know, Michael A. Taylor, it's not so much about his bat, um, but if his bat struggles early and, uh, you know, on the rare occasion Kyle Isbell gets a look, um, he hits well, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see something similar to what the Royals did back in 2014 and 15, where, uh, you know, uh, maybe, maybe Kyle Isbell gets uh, a start in center field, and then if the Royals get a lead in the sixth or seventh inning, 
he moves over to right field and Michael A. Taylor comes in as the defensive replacement in center field because there's no question he's one of the best defensive center fielders in the game. But if he hits, um, and again, not, not hits a ton, this is a guy that's going to be hitting in the eight spot, but if he uh, you know, uh, can, can keep in line or slightly improve with what he did last season, I would think Michael A. Taylor is going to get the lion's share of time in center field and guys like Edward Olivares and, and Kyle Isbell uh, may have to go to Omaha to get every day at bats, or they might just turn into uh, bench players moving forward. Who should I get excited about? Vinny Pascatino, MJ Melendez, Nick Prado. Who's the guy that I need to uh, get really excited for? Well, I'd say all three, to be quite honest. Uh, Vinny Pasquantino likely, though, to start at A, and then when Prado gets a bump up, you would think Vinny uh, would follow and, and get that bump up to, to A as well. Now, I, I think Pasquantino is going to absolutely abuse double-A pitching to start the season and might expedite that promotion to Omaha. Uh, but knowing you, uh, the obvious choice is, is Pasquantino, uh, just because uh, he's, he's a big dude. I mean, th- this guy looks almost identical in both stature and, and uh, you know, if you view him and, and Brad Keller, if they're like yeah. 20 yards away, they they look absolutely the same. <laughs> uh, but the guy that the guy that you like, uh, you know, cut. You like dingers, right? You like oh, yeah, home yeah. runs. You like guys that hit at 500 feet. Uh, MJ Melendez is is your guy. MJ Melendez is one of those guys that uh, you and Dusty Likens will get to the ballpark early to watch their BP because it is magnificent. Can't wait. Get excited about that. Anybody that uh, you're really excited about on this team that you think is going to turn the corner or will be a surprise for Royals? Anybody that's uh, kind of one of your dark horse favorites? Uh, certainly not a dark horse. Um, I'm really excited to see Jake Brents and Scott Barlow at the back end of that bullpen. I really hope they start to uh, get a little bit more recognition, uh, you know, some recognition nationally, but I hope they start getting a little bit more love locally. I think those two could really be one hell of a combo at the back end of this Royals bullpen. Uh, Chris Bubich would be another name that I would uh, throw out there. Uh, boy, he just looks He's no longer uh, the young man drafted out of Stanford. This is a grown man. I mean, the the weight that he put on, the muscle that he put on this offseason, the fourth pitch that he's now developed in, in the slider, this is a guy that attacked the offseason uh, both physically, uh, mentally, and, uh, you know, repertoire is concerned. I think Chris Bubich is going to find himself in this rotation hmm. and uh, could really, really take off this season. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you think you'd be in the rotation or long relief with him? I've been playing some of your interview with uh, Dayton Moore uh, that you had on your Hot Stove show. Uh, it was really good stuff. And you would ask him about the most talent top to bottom. How do you feel? Yeah, I, I, I certainly do. I, I feel like this is – now, I haven't been around, obviously, as long as, as Dayton. I haven't been here for all 16 seasons of his tenure. But, you know, first spring training was, what, when we came out here in 2013. And, no, I, I don't think they well, – I know for certain they've never had this kind of pitching depth. Um, but, man, when you mention the names of Melendez and Pasquantino and Prado and – uh, you know, the guys that never really had a chance to make the opening day roster. And then you go even deeper uh, down to the, the Michael Masseys, and you want to talk about some of the young pitchers that they have in 
uh, Will Klein and the young left-handed reliever with the last name Chamberlain. Uh, and they have some uh, reserves that could help out this season and next season to where, yeah, that, that, that's what led me to that question to Dayton. It's, it's as much talent as, I, as I've seen in this organization in uh, nearly 10 years of being around the team. Something I've thought about is with Bobby Witt Jr., you know, with the Royals this year, the pressure on him compared to the pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And there wasn't a ton of pressure mm. on Mahomes. He was, you know, the 10th pick. He redshirted essentially his first year. But with Bobby Witt Jr., man, just all eyes have been on him. But this team is not in 14. It's not in 15. If he comes up in 14 or 15, I think he's expected to be good right away and, you know, produce for this team and help the team because they, they would need mm. him. This is a kind of a different year. It's a team, you know, going forward. But it was a 74-win team. So I look at 14 and 15 differently than this year. Is this a good time for Bobby Wood Jr.? Does he have the pressure that a guy like Mahomes has? Well, before I answer that, I, have to, I want your opinion. Uh, I want to know what what you said because no one was more dialed in to, to Patrick Mahomes before he debuted. You were the one telling everybody, "Hey, this is going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time." Because the way that I remember it was, we weren't very concerned about Mahomes because you knew the weapons around him and Andy Reid. Yeah, uh, you, you felt comfortable, right? It's a little bit different too because a quarterback can make and break a team. You know, a Bobby Witt doesn't make or break a team. I mean, baseball is such a team game that one guy can be cold and you still win or go on a winning streak. Um, one guy can, you know, have big hits for you and stuff like that. But I think quarterbacks mean more as far as that's concerned. But the hype train, I think, is more for Bobby Witt Jr. than Mahomes because I think there was a lot of people that still thought the Chiefs, you know, overdrafted Mahomes. They wanted Deshaun Watson. They wanted things like that, and he didn't start right away because Alex Smith was still here. But the Bobby Wood Jr. seems to be more hype. Yeah, I agree. I think there's more hype, and to be honest, I think there's more pressure on Bobby Witt Jr. And it's it's and you're hitting it right on the head. I think it's going to be unfair because look, Mike Trout hasn't been back to the postseason since 2014, and he's the best player in baseball and one of the greatest players of all time. Even if Bobby Witt Jr. is the American League Rookie of the Year, hits 25 home runs, has an OPS north of 800. Uh, if Mondi and Dozier and all these young pitchers don't show up, this team's staring down the barrel of another 70-win season. So uh, I think there is more pressure on Bobby Witt Jr. Um, I, I think there are more eyes nationally among baseball circles on Bobby Witt than there were on Patrick Mahomes in NFL circles. Um, yeah, because I, I feel like Royals fans are looking at Bobby Witt Jr., uh, to go out there and turn everything around, go out there and get us a win, and that's just not how baseball works. And uh, you were already, many people were already very comfortable that the Chiefs were still going to win. They were coming off a division title, and even if the quarterback position was stagnant, even if Mahomes could only duplicate what Alex Smith did, you knew you were still going to be a good team. We don't know if the Royals are going to be a good team, but I know there are people out there expecting Bobby Wood Jr. to turn them into a good team, and that might might be a little bit too much. Yeah, because for 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 some you know for some instances, Mahomes was you know put himself on the stage, like he goes out right. wins MVP his second year, and he put himself you know squarely on the stage where the expectations weren't for him to be elite until he proved himself. Like he had to go out and prove right. himself with Bobby Wood Jr. being the number one prospect in baseball. 
I, I just think that carries a little bit more weight, a little bit more t- attention when you already expected to go out and hit 30 home runs, you know, steal over 20 bases and be that guy in a game like baseball. It's so unpredictable that with, with stretches and, you know, guys trying to get you out and everything. I think Mahomes put himself on the stage. I think Bobby Witt was put on the stage by everybody else. A hundred percent. Yeah. Cause, Cause you still had, you know, Deshaun Watson, and I, I know we, we can laugh about it now, but Mitchell Trubisky and the rest of the quarterbacks from Mahomes' draft class, there were still questions about them going into the first season of Patrick Mahomes. And when it comes to Bobby Witt Jr., okay, maybe maybe some at Kansas City will look at what Spencer, Spencer Torkelson's doing in Detroit, uh, what Julio Rodriguez is doing in Seattle. Maybe we'll compare Bobby to them, but uh, man, every time you turn on the television and Bobby Witt Jr.'s name is mentioned, it's some former GM or scout comparing him to the aforementioned Patrick Mahomes or comparing him to Alex Rodriguez. And even the, you know, the, 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 the gamblers are telling you Bobby Witt Jr. is the runaway favorite for American League Rookie of the Year. Uh, like, like you're saying, man, there just weren't those kind of uh, expectations for Patrick Mahomes. There was hope, uh, but there was certainly wasn't a demand that you're going to be the best at your position right out of the gate. And I, I feel that sentiment coming surrounding Bobby Witt Jr. I certainly didn't hear a, a former GM like Dan O'Dowd said, I'm not going to compare Bobby Witt. It's going to be about guys compared to him. I mean, it's, yeah. you didn't hear that uh, with Mahomes going forward. Uh, final thing for you, Vern, what's it like having Zach around to talk to? Because I had sent you the um, the audio of when he was in uh, Houston where he wasn't really uh, – we said, I don't care about it. I never have cared about it. We talked about being the opening day starter. So I knew mm-hmm. it was going to be somewhere along those lines uh, with you guys in Arizona. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it, it's fun to watch him. Um, obviously, he's not the most talkative, so it's not as if him and I are shooting the breeze around the clubhouse very often. Uh, but but watching him uh, lead and, and talk and uh, you know mentor the young starters that's been enjoyable. Uh, watching him work on the mound has been thoroughly enjoyable because you know I, I came out last night and watched him pitch in a B game, a minor league game last night, and the way that he was able to just toy with the egos of these young minor leaguers from the Texas Rangers was something to behold. I, I can't imagine he touched 90 miles per hour one time in those 81 pitches that he threw last night, and yet he had guys, you know, fall into one knee way out in front of uh, the changeup, just uh, looking like a fool on the 66-mile-per-hour EFIS pitches. Uh, the, the brain and the ability to adjust as father time begins to take over is something to behold. And uh, look, you know, we, we can all uh, gloss and uh, throw bouquets the way of Zach Cranky for being a leader and, 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 and for his Hall of Fame career that he's already had. But, you know, this is still, like I mentioned today, this is still a bottom line business. You're, he's the second highest paid player on this team. You're paying up $13 million to produce. Um, so, you know, for, for, as, for as great as he's been and for as illustrious as his career uh, has already been, uh, Royals could really use him tapping into that 2019 all-star form because if he's just a, a 180 innings of a four-and-a-half ERA, okay, that, that, that's nice. It, it's nice that you eat up those innings, but, but who's going to be the, the skid stopper? 
Uh, we got Daniel Lynch coming up on the mound later on this afternoon. He'll likely, I would assume, pitch in Game 2 against Cleveland on Saturday. Um, but 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 who is it? If it's not Granke, Lynch, Keller, Bubich, Hernandez, who's the name that's going to be the guy that uh, you're driving to the ballpark going, thank God he's pitching. He will be the one to stop our five-game losing streak. If it's not Granke, who is it? Yeah, I think it's interesting because he's the uh, honest guy. If you want an honest opinion about your pitching, no you doubt. ask him. It's like, it's like if your wife says, does this dress look good on me or something? He would say no. Like, he would just be brutally honest, and that's something. Yeah. He would be. He'd be that guy. <laughs> yes, he would. He would be. Uh, I mean, that's, that's who you are. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Zach Grink. He's going to tell you exactly what he thinks. All right, Vern, enjoy the uh, game today. Have a safe trip back to Kansas City. Looking forward to pre and post with the Royals insider, Josh Vernier. Thanks, Vern. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. There you go. We'll talk about that, that more next. We'll get into more of the Mahomes or Bobby Witt Jr., who actually has more pressure on them as uh, we continue on Bink Sunday. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Big Sunday, Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson producing. So he has Vern, who's got more pressure. Mahomes or Witt? I think it comes down to Bobby Witt. Am I am I crazy here? Because it's Mahomes. Mahomes put himself on the stage. Like he goes out and wins MVP. Yeah, there was some expectations of first round quarterback, but it's not like he went number one overall. Like Alex Smith, when he was drafted number one overall for the 49ers, he had expectations because he was number one overall. You know, Mitch Trubisky probably had more pressure on him because he was in Chicago and the fact he was drafted before Mahomes. But Bobby Wood Jr. is like the next coming. He's the Messiah. He's the number one. He's the number one uh, prospect in all of baseball. The team's a little different. I mean, the Chiefs were coming off a division championship, but in football, quarterback does mean more than just a, a third baseman on a baseball team. But I think the expectations are different from Bobby Wood Jr. than they were Mahomes. I would agree with that. I don't. I'm, I'm not really sure why I can't really pinpoint it, but it just feels like there's more juice around Bobby Witt. Like we're just expecting 
more or there's just a higher, I don't know, expectation. Yeah, that's right. But the expectation to go out there and be, you know, to to go out there and, and win a championship because of one guy, we see how tough it is. I mean, Mike Trout's one of the best baseball yeah, players out there. baseball. That wins MVP or second place, like his whole career, he's been MVP or second, and he doesn't go to the playoffs much. You know, look, he's in a lineup with Shohei Otani, and they're both considered, depending on who you look at, number one and number two players in Major League Baseball, but yet it doesn't translate into championships. Expectations, yeah. yes, but not championships. And that's why it's so weird because – you know, this Royals team is trending in the right direction, it feels like. But baseball is is very much like the sum of all the parts. You need all the parts to be going in the right direction to, to get that. Where Football is like that as well. You need to have a good team. But the quarterback dictates so much of it. You're absolutely right. So I, I don't, I'd love to see Bobby Witt come in and, and change his team by himself. But I'm not sure that's necessarily possible. Yeah, I think Mahomes put him on the stage. And that draft in 2017, Miles Garrett was the one that went number one overall. Mitch Trubisky went second to the Chicago Bears. Mahomes goes 10 because uh, Chiefs traded up for him. And then uh, Deshaun Watson ends up going 12th. And, yeah, there was a lot of, you know, expectations for Deshaun Watson and Mahomes. But Trubisky had the pressure. In Chicago, he was the one number two overall. And Patrick Mahomes at number 10. And there was, there was a lot of questions because he didn't win championships in college. You know, the team was, you know, barely above 500 at times at Texas Tech. They scored a lot of points, and they gave up a lot of points. But I think that's what served him well, the fact that he had that pressure. Because he got here to Kansas City in that first year. He had to score every time he was on the field. I mean, he lost the game where he scored over 50 points. He would lose games where he scored 40 points because he had to keep putting points on the board. I think that college experience helped Patrick Mahomes. But, no, when he goes out and wins MVP, then he put the expectations. You know, being able to take that year – sort of red shirt, by the way, sit behind Alex Smith, find out the way he goes about business, the way he studies teams, and then get his feet wet a little bit against the Denver Broncos, the final game of the year, and really start the uh, the run for the Kansas City Chiefs as far as never losing to the Denver Broncos, which actually predated him, 2015's when it actually started, that they, uh, the Denver Broncos haven't beat him since. I'll get to those NFL over-unders uh, Coming up here in just a little bit, the last segment of the show. But coming up next, more of Dayton Moore, who even talks about Andrew Benatendi. And also, looking back at this Kansas City Royals team, did he ever expect to be where he's at now? You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, welcome back to Big Sunday. Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson producing. If you haven't heard, Tiger Woods going to be a game-time decision to play in the Masters this week. Should be interesting there. Text line 816 says, Bink, what if Bobby Witt turns out to be Alex Gordon's career? Is that a success? Well, Alex Gordon, one of the best defensive players you've ever seen. Part of a world championship team. Hit a home run in the World Series. Um... He had a ton of uh, pressure on him, too. He comes up here, remembers first at bat, bases loaded. He had tons of pressure on Alex Gordon, but I think Bobby's got uh, even more expectations than Alex Gordon. I would expect so if his career is the same as Alex Gordon, I wouldn't call that 100% success. He's a good player. That means he's a good player and a serviceable player, but is it what the Royals are hoping for? Mike Trout-style player, I think that would be a bit of a difference. Um, also, 913 Wit put himself on the stage to be number one prospect. That's true. That's true, but he's there. He's there. Like, before he even plays a game, he's the number one prospect. Mahomes hadn't got to that point yet as far as being that number one uh, player. Dayton Moore um, was asked by Josh Vernier. He, again, Vern was uh, talking to Dayton Moore on his hot stove show. And I thought this was interesting. Question about uh, this team and what kind of uh, edges in competition the Royals this year have over their opponent. A dominating bullpen, great base running, and even better defense helped lead your team to a pair of pennants in 14 and 15. I'm wondering what you feel, uh, what facet do you feel like this team has an edge over its competition? Well, I think, Vern, I think that's, that's, um, that's a great observation. And I think that, you know, what we've learned uh, in baseball, uh, over 162 games, you got to win in multiple ways. And uh, at times you're... You're, you're going to have to you're going to have to win with really spectacular defense. You're going to have to make plays. You're always going to have to be consistent. Catchers are going to have to block balls in the dirt. Pitchers are going to have to execute pitches. Uh, certainly, you're going to have to hit the ball at the ballpark at times, and you're going to be able to you got to be able to string together hits. And then, uh, as we all know, that uh, how important it is to match up the last third of a baseball game because it just seems like more and more that uh, games are won and lost uh, at that you know phase of the game. And so. Um, I think it's it's really important that uh, you know we we put together this team that can win in multiple ways, and I think we're we're getting closer. And it seems like a while since 2015. On Friday nights, he still wear the gold. It's the uh, commemorate the World Series. But the further we get away from it, the longer it seems like it seems like just yesterday. Sometimes, and you think about it as 2015. That is the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs, by the way, which is how long it's been. But does it ever feel like it's been this long uh, for the Kansas City Royals getting to the postseason, Vernas Dayton? Does it feel like seven, eight years since those pennants? Feels like a long time ago. Um, you know, if I if I can be really honest, and um, just because there's uh, you know you get caught up so much as you should and focus on the day to day work and, and the future of the organization. You don't uh, oftentimes spend time reflecting. I think it's it's good to always analyze what went right and what went wrong in the past. 
Uh, but only, um, you know, in our game, it just moves by so quickly each and every day. And um, But, again, I, I'm really looking forward to watching, you know, this group of players play. We're going to have some really spectacular athletes on the field, guys that really know how to play baseball. And like anything else, like any other team, I mean, it's going to be predicated on consistent pitching. And, um, you know, we'll, we're going to have to make sure that we take a step forward in that department. Vern also followed up with Dayton Moore, just asking him how trying it's been doing this rebuild to have the patience being so good and then just having to go back and rebuild. Cause the Royals, remember they traded five pitches for Quito and Zobrist. I mean, it took a hit to the minor league system. You know, Will Myers uh, was part of the trade for James Shields to get the Royals back up to where they want. Then five pitchers go for Quito and Zobrist. You had to rebuild from the beginning, from the bottom and the amount of Royals teams that won uh, titles in minor league baseball that last year, they got to prove it at this level, but they're proven at the other levels, which is a good thing. The Royals, <laughs> Dayton Moore wanted to rebuild this farm system, and so far um, he has. But how trying has the rebuild been? Well, I mean, you got to keep it in perspective, Vern. I mean, the fact that uh, you wake up every day, you get to work in baseball, something you love to do, um, that's where it all begins. And um, with that type of perspective, um, you know, it gives you a healthy outcome, healthy viewpoint, rather. Um, I, I get to work with an amazing group of uh, people in this organization and, uh, and, and work in, a, in a, an amazing community. Uh, people that uh, absolutely love sports, love baseball, understand the challenges of a small market in the game of baseball. And, you know, baseball is different from other sports. I mean, it just is. I mean, there's, a, there's economic challenges. We don't make excuses for it. But, you know, we, we don't fight those either, right? We focus on exactly what we can do, um, developing young players and um, the next generation of players. I mean, that's what is so fun and rewarding about what we get to do. You know, when we knew that the previous group had moved on through free agency and, and reaped some of the financial rewards that this game has to offer, we celebrate celebrated that but we also embrace the fact that hey man we get to we get to raise a next generation of players the next group of, of people that uh, are going to represent the Kansas City Royals in this game and in our community and I I think we're on the verge of of, um, of doing just that it has been trying especially the fan base because you see how good the Royals are in 14 or 15 but eventually the checks do you got to pay the players and obviously it was time for Hosmer to go and Moose to go because they you were gonna have to pay them you're going to have to pay them to stay here, and they went with younger talent. And is this team is ready to go with the the young group that they rebuilt through? They've drafted well. I mean, a couple of years ago, the draft is probably the best Dayton Moore has ever had. You know, that year he goes out there and gets Bobby Wett and, and everybody else from that draft class, and you'll start to see matriculate its way up to Kansas City. This is what he had to say about Zach Greinke, the uh, the starter on opening day. His expectations for Greinke. I think Zach is is uh, one of those rare athletes that's uh, capable of just continuing to get better and better. I mean, we, we all know that father time always wins. Um, you know, your your body doesn't respond and recover the way it did. It doesn't fire the way it did when you know you're 25 and 30 years old. I mean, um, but I, I do know that um, Zach works extremely hard off the field. He's very smart on the field. And that's why um, he's pitched as long as he has. He takes care of himself, and he's smart on the field. And he, he knows how to prepare. He's extremely intelligent. He does a lot of things to help uh, a baseball team win from the pitching standpoint, You know, being able to feel his position and hold runners and just make pitching an art form. And uh, that being said, 
when you can utilize your creativity and your instincts and you combine that with intellect and data and uh, you rely on both, uh, it can really prepare you uh, and put you in an elite position in your career. And Zach Grinke's done that. And of course, he stayed healthy. And that's a big part of it, too. Of course, Alec Marsh in that draft with Bobby Witt Jr. back in 2019. And you get uh, Clay Dungan that's uh, getting a lot of run um, at the spring training complex as well. And Vinny Pascantino, part of that draft class as well, as the Royals have drafted extremely well the last couple of years. And one more thing about Zach Greinke, just kind of the ripple effect that Zach Greinke can bring the Kansas City Royals. If I could stay with Zach for a moment uh, to to think about the ripple effect of how you and your front office handled 2006 with him from the Cy Young season of 09, the trade of Kane and Eski and Odorizzi, which led to Shields and Wade Davis, and now the impact that he's likely to make on this current group moving forward. Um, boy, that has to fill you with a lot of pride. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It really is. Um, credit goes to Zach, who he is, um, his family, um, his teammates. Uh, truly, um, I, I, I would be wrong. We would be wrong to take any credit at all because we're, we're, our job is to make sure the environment's healthy so players can go out and play. Uh, game's very hard, as we all know. And we, we don't need any drama. We don't need distractions. Um, we try to stay out of the, the way of these genetically gifted athletes, make sure we support uh, our, our coaching staff, our support staff, so they can utilize their expertise to, to help players and then let players go play. And um, But it is uh, it's very rewarding to see um, – you know what uh, what he's what Zach Grinke's accomplished uh, on the field, off the field, and I'm more proud of him really because um, um, to to raise a family in this game is extra challenging, and um, you know the fact that he's got a a beautiful family uh, is um, you know it's that that's what it's all about. It's better than any ring. It's better than any championship. Good stuff. You want to check out the full interview? Six Ten Sports dot com. Vern sitting down. Um, with Dayton Moore. By the way, this 2018 draft class for the Royals, that's one with Brady Singer, Jackson Coar, Daniel Lynch, Chris Bubich, Kyle Isbell, some talent there. So you have to draft well, and the Royals have, you know, drafted well, especially with the arms. As Vern even said, you know, you look at the Kansas City Royals' arms and what they've been able to do. Coming up next, the NFL over-under win totals uh, for the NFL season, plus an update on sports gambling in Kansas. Deal get done? No, it didn't. Um, Alex Gold fills you in with the best. He puts these videos out. It's good stuff just to kind of let you know where Kansas sits as far as sports wagering. Wasn't done, but it could get done. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to Bink Sunday. Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson producing the operation. One thing is, Grant, uh, sports gambling, it didn't, uh, it's on its way. 
it's got to get to the Senate, but they had to push things back. Looked like it was going to come to fruition on Friday. So Kansas was going to get the uh, sports gaming before uh, Missouri. Now, a lot of talk. It was been on something that was thrown on as a caveat that a lot of the uh, proceeds go for the luring of a professional sports team to the state of Kansas, which, you know, we've heard about the Kansas City Chiefs this week and everything else, but having a kiosk, having a chance to go wager on your uh, favorite sports teams legally, um, how disappointed are you? It's not uh, a done deal. I mean, I'm not wildly disappointed. I think it'll get done here relatively soon. Oh, I think so, Like, too. I think it's coming down the pipeline. I'm not, like, disheartened by this by any well, Alex Gold, if you're checking on his Twitter account, at Alex Gold, has been all over this. He's been doing uh, videos and everything else with congressmen and people in the know for the sports wagering bills in Kansas or Missouri. Uh, Friday night was the deal. They extended the time. They, they could vote on this with the Senate. But uh, here's the latest hiccups, and when could this thing be finalized? All right, well, that was pretty crazy, huh? It's been a wild night in the Kansas legislature when it comes to the legalization of sports wagering. Uh, the committee's bill that they had agreed upon, the House and Senate committee earlier today, uh, made its way to the House floor, and things got ugly. Uh, I told you guys to buckle up a little bit, and there was plenty of opposition when it came to the bill, uh, most notably when it comes to the new amendment today that did come out of nowhere, um, but on the heels of comments uh, that happened with the Kansas City Chiefs and, and their team president, Mark Donovan, that has to do with 80% of the revenue from sports wagering in Kansas going to a fund to attract a professional sports team. Caught a lot of people off guard. It was a huge talking point on the opposition for this bill this evening. Uh, there was also issues still with the idea, some believing uh, that the entire uh, sports betting system, if you will, uh, should be run by the state lottery. Now, um, opponents to that would say, look at other states like Montana, for example, where it has not been all that successful um, and it just isn't well run, right? A government entity running uh, sports betting doesn't necessarily seem to be the best option. Uh, ultimately, a motion at one point was, was put forward uh, by a representative to go ahead and replace that same committee and start from scratch, uh, as far as going back to committee, I should say. That failed very narrowly. And then ultimately it went to the final vote tonight. Uh, and here, a short while ago, by the slimmest of margins, and in fact, at one point, they were a vote short uh, that for passing the bill, 63 to 50, the Kansas House has passed a sports wagering bill from the committee. It now goes to a final vote in the Senate. If it passes in final vote in the Senate, then it's going to the governor's desk, and all indications there, it would be signed, and this would become law on July 1st. But a crazy night. Uh, quite an adrenaline rush when it comes to this as well. Keep following me on Twitter at Alex Gold at 610 Sports KC. So that's where we stand. Now, if Kansas gets this, Missouri's going to get it too. I mean, look at all the people from Missouri and Kansas go up to Iowa, down to Arkansas. You know, can you imagine if Kansas approves this? It looks like they, they can get done towards the end of the month. How many people from the state of Missouri go over to Kansas to wager? And especially when the sports teams have kiosks to do it, like it's sporting or that's why they want Kansas City, Missouri. The teams are on board with it. The casinos are on board with it. Let's face it, Grant. It would be fun to go to, let's say, Hollywood Casino and sit at a sports book and watch all the NCAA games or first day of NFL season and make bets. Yeah, and you know there'll be bars and restaurants that pop up with this as well. Well, there'll be place to go watch the games, and you can also put five, ten bucks down on whatever you're watching. 
Well, there's more interest in listening to uh, injury reports or whatnot or when you're watching the pregame shows. And, you know, they've kind of adopted the gambling and, and what's going to go on. I mean, that's what we sit here and do. We do over-unders, win totals. Uh, does he have a chance at the MVP? I mean, it's a chance, and I think the sports gaming is a big part. The NFL's partnered with Caesars is doing heck the uh, game last night, Caesars Superdome. You know, with FanDuel and everything else out there that people can bet on daily fantasy, but it increases the exposure of your sports as well. Like so many people know NFL players because of fantasy football. And whether you're a diehard NFL fan or not, people in Seattle or L.A. know who people in the Kansas City Chiefs are. They know who McCall Hardman is. Or they might not know some of the baseball talent on the Kansas City Royals because everybody plays fantasy football or everybody bets on fantasy football. And the Super Bowl is the most bet on thing that we have, but it increases the exposure. And I remember somebody, uh, a gambler talking one time about the NBA. Like if Charlotte's on a, on a late night game, nobody might care, but the, you know what? The gamblers do care. If they're playing New Orleans or something, they care because they care about the over under. They care about the point spread. You know what? That's television ratings when they stay till the end and watch the sport. So I think it can help some of your uh, low-rated games. That's why Hawaii is the most bet on college football team. People try to catch up at the end of the night. You ever been up late at night and you're like, I need to end a, a hot streak or a stop a cold, cold streak? That may or may not be true. That may or may not be true. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But speaking of gambling, the NFL over-under uh, win totals came out uh, from Caesars this week. How many wins they think uh, NFL teams will get? Now, I will say this. Andy Reid, in his history with the Kansas City Chiefs going back to 2013, and keep in mind there's 17 games now, but if you were going to average everything out, even with the 16 games, he averages 11.4 wins per year, 11.4. And that's taking into account even that rough year. It's about 11.5, 11.6 when you count just from 2015 on. If you take that 2014 year where he was 9-7, and seven, didn't make the playoffs. But if you include it, 11.4 wins a year. But right now, the 11.5 wins for this season, Buffalo, Green Bay, and Tampa Bay. I think Green Bay is getting a lot of love considering how many people they lost. I mean, you take Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in the NFL, away from that team. You take uh, Marquise Valtez-Scanlon again, not the end-all, be-all for the Green Bay Packers. Take Zedaria Smith away. That's a lot of love for the Green Bay Packers. I understand Tampa getting Tom back. Buffalo, I certainly understand. Then at 10 and a half, Kansas City, the Rams, and Dallas. Over, under on the Kansas City Chiefs. As we sit right now, you know, they lose Tyree Kill, but they've been making some moves in free agency. Maybe not big-time moves, but lower under-the-radar type moves. I'm taking the over. Why? Because they do it every year. They've won six straight AFC titles. Why not take them 10 and a half? And you have 17 games. That gives them... Six losses. It'd be an 11 win team. Yeah, and it feels like it's one of those things where you'd feel dumb if you, for some reason, bet against them and they kept proving themselves right. You know, if they win six straight AFC title games and you bet them to lose and then they win another one, you're like, well, of course they were going to win another one. <laughs> the lowest over under win total, the Houston Texans at four and a half. But the AFC West, Kansas City leads the way at 10 and a half wins, the Chargers at 10. Denver at 10, the Vegas Raiders eight and a half. So the Vegas Raiders, the lowest win total on here. The Chargers, I get everybody gets on the bandwagon and hey, 
they've made some great moves in this offseason. No question about it. Khalil Mack comes over there. Denver, everybody's made a lot of moves in the AFC West. Everybody's trying to catch the Kansas City Chiefs. This whole offseason's been about catching the Chiefs for the AFC West. They're tired of losing to them all the time, which they do. They're tired of losing the division six straight years, the Kansas City Chiefs, and they make moves. Denver's the team that I think is the most intriguing in the AFC West, and that's even over Kansas City. Like, Denver, to me, has a great roster. To me, Denver's roster is even better than the Chargers roster, top to bottom. The two things that were missing, coach and quarterback, which are two very big things. And I was curious. I talked to people in the in the Denver media, had them on and whatnot, asking how many things would change this offseason. be one or two of those things. You know, they just going to go and get a different quarterback, which I felt they would, or are they going to get a new head coach? Can Vic Fangio save his job? Because he did do a great job with that defense as head coach. But both things did change. No, there's no proof that Nathaniel Hackett can coach the new coach, the offensive coordinator from Green Bay. That's another thing for Green Bay. They lose their offensive coordinator as well, but yet we're still predicting them to win the most games in the National Football League. But Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson hasn't like really stood out to me. They had a rough year last year. Guy receiving talent. He's got DK Metcalf and and Lockett, but it didn't like stand out to me and say, oh, man, look at the Seattle Seahawks and what they can do. But um, that is the over. The Jets still not getting any love. They're five and a half for the Jets and Atlanta. But right now, if you ask me, it's Mahomes, it's Herbert, it's Wilson, and then it's Carr as far as the top quarterbacks in the AFC West. Big thanks to Ron Kopp, the lead analyst from ArrowheadPride.com that joined us talking draft the dilemma. Sit at 29 or 30 or trade down. I'm still sitting at 29 or 30. Thanks, thanks to Nick Schwartz talking about the Kansas Jayhawks in the national title game coming up tomorrow night at 820. Big thanks to Josh Vernier getting you ready for the Kansas City Royals season. Grant Nicholson, thanks, buddy. Enjoyed Sunday. Hey, it's you and I back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. See you then. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.